Welcome to RPG Cast episode 714 for the week of March 2nd, 2024. I'm Chris Privateer, bringing you this week's show on RPG stuff. How you doing, everybody? I'm doing good. Joining me today is Kelly Ryan. But buying solar panels for my werewolf. I'm buying for solar panels. I got solar Chris, panels. Yeah? My, my cat had dental surgery this week. Mm-hmm. My vet loves to do dental surgeries. Yeah, so that was uh, $1,200. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a dental surgery. <laughs> Did you get them all out so that you don't have to worry about doing it again in a few years? No, just whatever oh. was causing her issues. But, okay. um, uh, you know, last night she was rolling around on the bed. Um, just, just uh, Chris, it was so graphic. Oh, no, it was horrific. <laughs> she, she, a recreation of the worst scene from a talking cat? And, yeah. No, what, what cracks me up is when I said that to you last night, and it was like, you need to get her a bandage for her yeah. head. And I was like, yeah, because she does have an old You're right, she's got, she's got a toothache. Put the bandage on her head. So we are. Re- you've now heard at least three separate references to Rift Tracks stuff, if you don't know it. And uh, don't worry, because uh, I think we're going to stop after that. <laughs> no, that's that's fine. We just, uh, Chris, and I, Chris and I spend some weekends watching Rift Tracks on Twitch. And, mm-hmm. um, We've got nothing. Both. We have nothing to do with our lives. We are uh, sad. When you're not Path of Exiling and I'm not uh, Kelly video RPGing. I am not Path of Exiling. Oh right, you you're playing that new game. I'm pay, playing Last Epic. Last, Last epic. Epoch. That's right. Last Epoch. You're going to say but it's pronounced epic and you're right. But that's not how they pronounce it in the game. The device yeah, is I called see, the Epoch. <laughs> I I see you on stream running around as a bear. I'm a bear. I'm a I'm a warbur. 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 <laughs> So, so tell me about Last Epoch. How, how it's an action compare? RPG. If you've played like a Diablo, it's like that. Um, how do I? Should I even say much about it? Like, oh, I guess that's what we do here, huh? Hi, Last Epoch. Last Epoch. Last Epona is an action RPG by um, a company whose name escapes me right now. Actually, Last. Epoch developer is 11th Hour Games. It's been in early access for like four years or something. And um, it's it came out Feb today. It came out like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Um, Wednesday a week ago. So not four days ago, but like the week before. And finally hit 1.0. And they uh, uh, they had a big old 1.0 patch, uh, and yeah, okay. So it's an action RPG. You get to play different classes. You could be a mage guy who has one specialization that's actually worth playing. You can be a rogue that has two specializations that are worth playing. You can be um, a warlock guy who has a, actually three specializations that are worth playing. 
you can be a paladin guy who has one specialization worth playing and you can be a druid who has two specializations worth playing and um no sorry it's primeless not druid whatever anyway yeah the uh they have a bunch of different classes of course you run around you get levels you get loot and uh uniques with special properties you can make builds out of all that uh last epoch's uh claim to fame is uh twofold one is its crafting system they have a very in-depth crafting symbol system as you uh what is, as you uh get materials through you get like these shards that enemies drop and you can fracture items you find and turn them into the shards and the shards are the little affixes that are on the equipment so like um plus to melee damage that sort of thing and so you could take any piece of gear and level up those things uh on your gear and be like it's already got like plus 10 to melee damage well i got some extra melee damage shards let's make it plus 15 to melee damage um up to uh, every time you do that it uses up the forging potential of the arm of the item and uh when you run out you can no longer like boost its stats um if the item has empty slots you can add entirely new affixes so you could be like it's plus to melee and now i want it to be plus to poison as well okay cool now it's both of those um how rare the item is depends is kind of what governs how many slots it has to work with and uh yeah and the uh the potential that uh that runs out is kind of like the limit from keeping you from making super the overpowered things um there's more uh, aspects of the crafting that i'm not going to get into watch a guide um but then the other thing you could do in last epoch um besides like your standard like character um uh talent tree like uh i've got it up on the screen here but like here's a bunch of things that affects uh how much attunement you have one of your stat points or how much cold penetration you have that sort of stuff um in addition to that you can special specialize in up to five skills um so you'll have access to more than just five skills for your class but you can specialize in up to five of them and um customize like a skill tree for that skill so like you can have your bear form be focused around doing lots of um, tankiness, or your bear form can be focused around doing lots of lightning damage, uh, for example. And uh, so, and you could do that with like all the skills in the game, and it's pretty cool. So you get to your builds are a combination of those skill specializations, your class passive points, and the of course the gear that you're crafting and uniques that you find. And then you can also find uniques and upgrade them into super duper legendaries, uh, but that's a very late game thing. And then you can just make super duper overpowered things. Um, Big 1.0 releases that are good to know about is that they release the um, Falconer class for the Rogue, which is one of the uh, specs that are worth playing. Um, And they, uh, so you have a a pet Falcon that can like, carry you around the map and like throw knives at your enemies and stuff like that. I guess they're feathers, but whatever feather knives, something like that. Um, it looks really cool. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. So you going to play Kelly? Um, I'm curious. It looks very Diablo three. You said you were going to play path of exile. You never started that. Yeah. You said it was intimidating. Yeah. But then you said, Oh, you're going to be fine. You're going to do it anyway. It's like, okay, cool. And then I've been also, waiting for you. I 
I also kind of like ran out of time and mm-hmm. resources. I think I ended up uninstalling it because I needed to uh, get some it's of my. It's still there, Kelly. PC. I'll go back to Path of Exile for you. Yeah, but I'm I'm knee deep in my main game for the season. Mm. All right. Well, we'll get into that uh, in a bit. So, but, uh, yeah, it, it it does look very Diablo three, and the style does it play just like Diablo three with the kind of fast paced. No, it's slower. It's a little bit slower uh, than D three, so you don't move quite as quick. Um, but the maps, the end game maps, I feel are pretty quick, uh, quicker than Path of Exiles. I am as fast as D3s. Actually, yeah, they can be as fast or faster than D3s riffs. Um, it's just, it's a different structure. D3 was super fast. Um, uh, and that's tra- what I loved about it was rec- uh, trying to speed run stuff and racking up a huge combo. Yeah. Um, I think there's some classes that can be that fast here, but you're not going to hit that with every class. So it really depends what you do. Um, let's see. Uh, end game is running this monolith system. Uh, you know, it's, it's maps, you know, <laughs> you know how that works. Like instead of riffs where you're just, um, click a button and it gives you randomly generated map. Instead you have monoliths where you have um you get to you get a menu of like different maps to start playing on and um you don't generally care which map you're choosing other than the buffs that it has and it gives you for the next couple of maps so uh, it's kind of like bowling you finish one of these uh maps and you get a couple buffs for the next two maps you do (laughs) so it's like getting a strike in bowling (laughs) where it buffs your next two frames um so yeah, it, it's a cool system. It, it's pretty fast to run. It, it um, because the maps themselves are not very long, um, and while you won't be zooming at uh, breakneck speed like in Diablo three, you will not spend a bunch of time on each map. Um, if you're watching and wondering why are you being so slow, it's like because I'm talking about the game while trying to play it. So, and I just respect my class, and it's playing a little slow right now. Uh, yeah. Ow. Path of X, or Last Epic, Last Epoch. Um, I would say it falls between the Diablos and the Path of Exile as far as complexity, because um, you could spend a lot more time getting into all these uh, skills and customizing things, and you have more options than like a D4. Um, but mm-hmm. it is not quite as intimidating as the Path of Exile pat- uh, passive tree. So, yeah. Yeah. It is, uh, uh, it's fun. And I feel like you can make a build yourself more easily here mm-hmm. and, and just feel satisfaction from coming up with your concept and implementing it. And then you can spend a bunch of cr- time crafting after you've come up with your build concept to try and make items that support your build. So I think that's a good loop. Uh, it feels good. Uh, it hasn't grabbed me like Path of Exile yet. I'll be honest. Um, and I don't know why that is yet. Um, I will get back to you on whether or not this game really gets hold of me or not. Um, is it free to play or is it paid? It costs money. $35. That's a little pricey. I mean, it's less than Diablo 4. True. True. Well, here, let's wishlist it so that if it hits a sale at some point. I don't think it's pricey is a weird way to describe it because that's a budget price for a game 
Yeah, that, that that's true. But it's uh, not free I, to play. And I can understand, given Path of Exile's existence, why well, you might expect that here, too. Yeah. Uh, and bear in mind, I had, I had been buying stuff on, well, sort of on the cheap lately because uh, I had been on that Survivor's kick like we'd both been on. And Survivor's games are usually under five bucks. But this yeah, is I Survivor's. tried that Geometry Survivor's game, Colleen. I, I don't think it's that good. You know, I kind of fell off of it pretty fast because it's too hard. <laughs> but I ended I enjoyed it a little bit because I I loved Geometry Wars. Mm-hmm. Um when when Vaughn got his apartment uh when we were dating but not living together, we would have sleepovers and stay up all night and play that. Nice. And just just make fun of each other for how terrible we both are at uh shoot 'em ups. Well I think you can have that again. We we sort of do have that again with the game that came out this week, mm. um, be, because we both bought Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and ended up staying up till like three in the morning last night uh, playing it and then talking about it for like an hour at bedtime. <laughs> so, so so do you want? You said you wanted to hear more about that. I do. Tell me. Um. Well, it's, so I'm gonna get into spoilers, but it's like literally opening cutscene spoilers um, because this game is definitely doing some multiverse shenanigans because the uh, the game starts out with Zach looking at a TV seeing the disaster that happened at the la- at the end of the last game and seeing Cloud and Aerith and Tifa and all of them being loaded into a helicopter um presumed dead and then Zach chasing down the helicopter with Aerith in it and um, pulling her out of the wreckage and it's heavily implied that the Aerith in this this universe dies and I, I'm sitting there watching watching this and my cat Frankie is in just he, he likes to watch TV and he was watching it with his eyes wide open, and I turned to him and I go, "Yeah, Frankie, I didn't expect that to happen that soon either." And I, it just kind of cracked me up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm curious where the story's gonna go. Um, I'm only in Junon right now. I'm still running around in Lower Junon. Vaughn uh, just got to Upper Junon and is learning how to march and do fancy stuff with his gun. Um, if you remember the original game at all, where you had to do that whole marching mini game and do, I don't know what you call it in the military, gun tricks. That thing where they do like left shoulder, right shoulder, blah blah blah. Now slide, slide, yeah. baby, slide. Yeah. Um. But uh, th- there's a lot of stuff to do in this game, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. The the I mean, okay, the game starts out where the demo started out, where you're doing the flashback in Nibelheim. And if you've done the demo, all you skip of that is just going and investigating the reactor. You still have to do um, – you still have to run around in the village. You still have the option of being a pervert and looking for Tifa's panties. Um, 
But then you go to investigate the reactor, and if you have that save file, it says, would you like to skip that? And I went ahead and skipped it since I like literally did that all that last weekend. Because mm-hmm. um, that's basically your opening tutorial. And then it skips right to uh, where Sephiroth basically goes nuts and burns down the village. And then after the flashback is all said and done, you um, you get to run around calm. And Calm in the original game was your your first town that was just kind of tiny and unimpressive. And in this game, Calm is like this beautiful resort town with a festival going on and buskers playing playing instruments. And it's it's just it's so much more impressive than what was in the original game. And then you've got this optional card game called Queen's Blood, and I keep wanting to call it Kingsglaive because of uh, <laughs> 15. And all it is is just making numbers go up. And I thought, well, this is lame. I thought that this was going to be kind of kind of like triple triad, but different. And it's like, no, you make numbers go up, and the next thing I know, I'm like, I like making the numbers go up. <laughs> So, so I'm challenging everybody in the card game and their side quest tied to it. And then you go out into the field, which is the grasslands, and Ch- Chadley is back. You, you didn't play the original or you didn't play remake, did you? Nope. So you don't know who Chadley is. Ch- Chadley is uh, a, Shen- a kid Shinra employee that tasks you with finding um, data on all of the world map. So you like have a whole, all these things that you need to do on the world map. Like you need to activate towers and hunt down specific fiends and uh, find intel on the region summon. And once you find all of the intel, then you can find an easier version of the summon and have it added to your summon materials. And um just just different side quests different stuff to do on the map and i'm not gonna lie it feels like busy work but at the same time it encourages you to explore because the 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 maps thus far i've only done like the grasslands outside of calm and junon and all these areas seem huge and there's a lot of verticality to them like in junon you get a chocobo that uh climbs walls um because it's a bit a bit more of a mountainous region, um, I I don't know how well I'm selling the game or not. I'm doing good. Yeah, um, I I definitely appreciate that they've taken a more open world approach to this game as opposed to remake, which you know just felt kind of isolated all in one area, and. You know, them also kind of expanding on some of the villages a little bit that you visited in the original game uh, feels kind of neat. Like how Junon is, or Lower Junon rather, is a fishing village. So you've got a lot of docks to look at and there's people fishing and I I don't know, just I, I, in older JRPGs, you were really encouraged to explore every nook and cranny of a town. And I feel like in modern JRPGs, that's something that's kind of gone away because there really isn't the budget to have those kind of towns anymore. 
if that makes any sense. And because they've packed a lot of stuff into these towns, you know, just giving them interesting things to look at and NPCs with kind of funny dialogue. Like um, Vaughn found a couple of NPCs, that, uh, a couple of guy NPCs that were talking about dating cute guys. And he was like, oh, LGBT representation, that's adorable. And I'm like, yeah, the Internet's bitching about it because 16 had a gay main character, but whatever. I think it's cute, too. Um. What? Yeah. Oh, Joshua. Right. No. Um. Not Joshua. But Bahamut. Bahamut Sky. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. I can't remember like, his real name. He was just Bob ba- Bahamut. Bahamut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um. What are we talking about? Uh. And and Vaughn has a valid point. He says it encourages you to explore, but outside the specific points it sends you to, I haven't encountered anything, I don't know, special just seeing the world be alive. And yeah, I, I kind of agree with that point. Um, if those if those points weren't, weren't on the map, I don't think there would be any reason to go seek them out. You know? And uh, Hazel Willis says Dion. That was his name. Dion. Thank you. So I don't know. Who knows, Vaughn? Maybe they had them find, had you seek out them points without the map prompts and people weren't seeking them out. So that's why they put the map prompts in and playtesting, which, which could be very well be a thing. But in, anyway, um, c- combat's really satisfying. Um, you have the synergy abilities this time around, which lets you do team up attacks a la. Chrono Trigger, but more action-oriented, which is really fun. Um, I am currently trying to get Red 13's uh, affection up so that I can date him. But just so everybody knows, apparently when you finish the game and do a new Game Plus where you can select what chapters you want to play, um, you can pick anybody you want to date. So if if you are really trying to go for somebody and miss out on it, you can still see that cutscene without having to like replay the entire game. Oh, okay. So so that's going to be nice. And I haven't looked at the trophy list, but I imagine that there's going to be a an achievement for seeing all the dates. So um, there there's that. Um, one quality of life thing that they put in that I appreciate is that the game flat out tells you that if you missed uh, certain chests that have weapons, that those weapons are going to show up in shops later. Cause that that's been kind of like my anxiety written thing is written thing is that I, I'm afraid if I don't explore thoroughly, I'm going to miss out on like materia and weapons. And so it sounds like you breaks. could just play the game and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I've been enjoying the exploring, but I'm I kind of would have done that without the map prompts prompts anyway, just because uh, I like exploring open world games. Um, but your mileage may vary. Um, I'm I'm sure when the inevitable Steam version comes out and I end up replaying the game, I'm gonna try to do just more of a speed run run. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, Vaughn says that those chests are hard to miss because they glow bright purple and or bright yellow. So oh, that's Vaughn, good. let me tell you, I will find a way to miss them. Yeah. Yeah, because like there there was a bit in June on where I found a couple of chests in Immateria, and it's like I feel like if I wouldn't have turned that specific corner, I wouldn't have found those. But um, 
Thus far, both Vaughn and I's biggest gripe with the game is the controls. Um, as, as far as some of the exploration controls, because Cloud just moves way too, with way too much momentum. So trying to get him in this in spots where I want to like oh is he tanky yeah it's hard to yeah okay like for example um so when you go to a new region you have to um find that region's chocobo before you can ride it around and in Junon uh, and it's it's a stealth section and I hate stealth sections I'm sure you do too. So you have to sneak up on these chocobos to catch them. And the Junon one, you have to uh, activate these minecarts so that you can kind of follow them along the track and hide from the chocobos. But the minecarts go faster than you can sneak. But if you hit the roll button to try to catch up with them, you end up overshooting it and the chocobo <laughs> sees you and you have to redo the event. Oh, for goodness sake. And it's really annoying. And th- that's the kind of control stuff that I'm talking about. It, it's like Cloud, when I want him to be precise, moves too, moves too loose. And then when I, I want to run around, it's like he almost moves too fast. It, it's kind of it's hard to describe unless you're playing it, you know? Um, and, and and the other thing that both Vaughn and I were bitching about last night is that in remake, um, Cloud actually jumped to reach airborne enemy enemies, and in this game he just kind of slashes at the air. And it's like Cloud, I know you have airborne attacks because they're mapped in the uh, um, controls, but Weird. why aren't you jumping to hit the birds? Because um, birds aren't real. <laughs> <laughs> the obvious answer. <laughs> yeah, what Vaughn says, he some, sometimes he jumps up to hit the birds, but other times he just kind of stands there and slashes at the air. And it's particularly frustrating in Junon because most of the enemies in that area are airborne. So unless you have Tifa or Aerith and Barrett in your party, you're going to have an annoying time in that area. And I don't know if that's like a bug or a feature. Because I didn't have that problem in Remake, and I recently played Remake. So, um, despite my complaints about the controls, I haven't been able to put the game down since Thursday. Um, I uh, <laughs> So, I, I, I took the day off on Thursday. I woke up at like 7.30. I looked at my UPS tracking. Uh, the game was out for delivery, but my UPS in my area is notorious for uh, delivering stuff at just as late as possible. So I just said screw it and bought a digital version of the game. <laughs> Kelly, I yeah, I know. <laughs> I I did this the last time too. Stop um, buying the physical ones then. <laughs> I know, but I had to have that art book. Chris. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and to be fair, yeah, I'm kind of glad I did because I, I, it let me play it until about four o'clock when the actual copy got here. Um, and, and the and the art book and the soundtrack and stuff is all cute, but then I'll, um, also I don't really have to worry about load times or anything like that. 
um, I heard that the Japanese version had a misprint so that the the label on the play disc and the installed disc is swapped. Um, and I don't think that was like that with this version. Uh, but just, just uh, some, something for people to be, to be aware of if you imported the game, if you're weird like that. But um, there was something else I wanted to bring up, but I'm completely completely blanking on it but um but yeah I, i've been having a good time with the game it it makes me want to spend 200 dollars on a playstation portal so that i can play it in bed too because that was a nice experience for the past couple of weeks playing it on my steam deck why haven't we figured out how to do mirroring with the steam deck in the ps5 probably because that's locked down <laughs> I mean, you could do it on the tablet though yeah, but I don't want to play a game like that on the tablet. Why? Uh, touch controls? No, you pair a controller. Oh. You pair you pair DualShock Five to the tablet, and then you play on the PlayStation Cloud app streaming app. Um, and and you know I don't have a PlayStation Portal, so I don't I don't know. Um, I well, just you don't need a portal. Kinda... Yeah. Oh. But yeah, it's oh. just remote play. Um. You can get it on the Steam Deck too, says Yuna. I don't know how. Um, I just use it on my iPad, but it's actually nicer than playing on Steam Deck because the screen's bigger. Yeah, that's true. I, I wonder if. Well, actually, you have I an Android have, tablet. Yeah, I can. I probably could. I'll have to mess with that later. Um, the the only problem is the internet in our house can be spotty Ooh. sometimes. Yeah, it needs to be solid for PlayStation. Because like. Vaughn was even having problems connecting to the Wi-Fi in the living room, and that's literally, like, a wall away from the router. I mean, yeah, I would want the PlayStation wired and a good wireless connection to your tablet. Yeah. So, um, that, that's, I mean, I know it's been a couple of weeks. I had played some Yakuza since then, but I didn't touch it that much because I knew it was going to get dumped the second Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth came out uh, I did get to Dom Doko Island on that and yeah uh, Kiryu Crossing is addictive <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry Ka- Kazuma Crossing wrong, wrong Kazuma Crossing Kazuma. oh okay um, and then just uh, on my switch at bedtime did, did you know that they put out a Picross game uh, that's Harvest Moon themed this week um, yeah, because you told me. I, I told Anna, because well, I thought it would be I was be there, too. Yeah. You just, you, you've, seemed, you've seemed like you've never really had any interest in... Nope, uh, not really. <laughs> so, but you're going to play that? Yeah, I'm play, I've been playing it right now. It's been kind of my bedtime or uh, dinner time game, just to kind of get a little bit of a break from um, Final Fantasy, and it's kind of a nice... A nice wind down game because that's what I love about Picross. It's very addicting, and it's pretty much all Harvest Moon slash Story of Season themed puzzles, which is you know fruits and townspeople and stuff like that. And what I find particularly amusing is Anna saying that uh, when she worked for Datsume, that they really didn't want to do crossovers like that, and now they're doing crossovers like that all the time. Well, this is story of seasons, right? Yeah, so, so I it's it's exceed. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess it's marvelous. marvelous. Yeah. But um, 
but but yeah, if you're a Picross fan and a Harvest Moon fan, this this is the deck game you need to get. They also put um, all of the 3DS Picrosses on the Switch eShop now, and they're all like five bucks each. Okay. So, yeah, I I know I I go on Picross benders all the time. <sighs> so that's pretty much all I've been playing. Well, I've also been playing Yakuza games, Kelly. Yeah, you told me that you hit a brick wall with three. Um, I did, but I got through it. Um, so since uh, last we had a normal show, I beat Yakuza 2 Kiwami. And um, then I started Yakuza 3. And oh my god, 3 is not as good as Yakuza 1 and 2. Um, some of the comments I was reading call it uh, Blockuza. Because it's the Yakuza game that stops people's playthrough of the series. But, um, yeah, I'm playing on PC with the Game Pass, so um, I did what I normally do when a game is like, this is not fun to play. I mod and cheat the hell out of it. So I downloaded Uh Cheat Engine, gave myself maximum money and maximum experience, and said, all right, that'll be enough. And uh, it wasn't, because the battle system just sucks and isn't fun to play. So I then started learning how to mod um, uh, Yakuza games, and it's a little bit more complicated than other mods, um, but not quite as complicated as the uh, Fallout New Vegas mods. Anyway, uh, so... I put some mods on that kind of disable chase sequences, though that one didn't really work right uh, because they suck in that game. Um, I put one on that gives you a better mini-map. Put one on uh, to try and... uh, Oh, the most important mod I got in Yakuza 3. Um, It fixes the bug on the PC version that has really really loud background traffic noises in... um, uh, in Ryukyu, which is uh, the Okinawa city, because it's a bug on the PC version. <laughs> the traffic sounds in that city are just really loud. <laughs> so, <laughs> the most important bug fix of all. Uh, and anyway, I, I pushed through it. Um, I, I was trying to find ways to lower the random encounter rate, and there weren't any good mods for that. There is an item that turns off random encounters, um, but you have to find every single locker key in the game. And I started off with that mission, and then after an hour of doing it and being like halfway through, no, a quarter of the way through just Kamurocho and realizing I also had to do all the uh, Ryukyu, I said, you know what, forget this. It'll be faster to just beat my way through the, the fights as fast as possible and ignore the side stories. Um, and that's what I ended up doing. So, uh, it took a while to get myself to stop doing side stories because like side stories, I think are like the lifeblood of the Yakuza games. Cause they're just funny and charming and interesting. But every side story in three with very rare exceptions, I would do side stories and be like, I just wasted my time. That was not worth it. This payoff sucked. This was not a good side story. This was not a good side story. Oh, this one looks interesting. Oh, this one will surely be... This one sucked too. And it's like, I just kept getting (laughs) beaten again and again by the side stories. And they're like, all right, screw it. I'm not doing any more side stories. So I stopped. And uh, that was a good choice. (laughs) So I've rushed the story, uh, rushed the end of the story. I did not bother trying to farm Haruka's Trust, which is just a complete time waster when you're playing through these early games, it's something that I think is really meant to be enjoyed when you're 
this is the only Yakuza game you have and you're trying to really save your time with it over a long period of time until you get a new Yakuza game, that is not the situation I'm in, so forget all that crap, too. So I have finished Yakuza 3, and now I've installed and, and put in a bunch of mods on Yakuza 4 that restore licensed music and stuff and the original opening song. And, like, I'm I'm ready to jump into that. But before I do that, I wanted to put some more time into Last Epoch and see where I want to go with that. Um, and assuming Last Epoch continues to not catch me on the same level that Path of Exile did, um, it won't be long before I'm back into Yakuza 4, baby. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I think both in Yakuza 0 and Kiwami, I just didn't focus that much on side stories just because I didn't find them to be that interesting in those two games. Mm. But in uh like the two like a dragon games I couldn't get enough of the side stories. So Emperor Mythos asks how's the story in Last Epoch? It's garbage. <laughs> it's great concepts, terrible storytelling, poor follow through, poor communication of the story beats as they are happening and oh right, the story is not complete yet. So they apparently haven't added stuff to the story for like two years and uh, it still isn't finished. So you kind of get to a point where it's like, okay, go charge up this uh, cosmic battery um, so that you can then go fight like the real bosses whenever we get around to designing more content for the game. And uh, that's what the monolith system is. It's charming up your your time MacGuffin. And um, yeah, that's where they leave you. So, uh, yeah, the story's kind of like, cool ideas, that, no, <laughs> it doesn't land for me. Um, and, you, you know, we can have debates over, well, how, how good is Path of Exile or Diablo 4 story, really? Um, but I think they both do a better job than this game does, personally. But that's where I'm at with, with Last Epoch story. Um, don't play this for the story. Play it for the gameplay, being fun to make builds and stuff like because you really feel like unlike these other games you f- it feels like you're rewarded for experimenting in this one so anyway okay i yeah, think I we should like, go ahead I, I felt like diablo 4 story was like the only thing that that game had going for yep it. i felt that way too <laughs> it ended yeah except it ends on a terrible cliffhanger and we're gonna charge you like 60 bucks to find out what happens. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause they already announced an expansion. Mm-hmm. Didn't they? Yep. And I guarantee you that story is not going to finish in that expansion. Probably not. Um, so, so on our last show, like two weeks ago, we asked what, what is your favorite sitcom up to and including in the nineties. Um, so from shaman, I am under 40 and can appreciate both comedy, the comedy and dramatic parts of MASH. I expect both because you have to laugh to stay sane, but also in the middle of a war. Uh, MASH was a little too over my head when I was a kid, and I don't have cable now, so I can't appreciate it now unless it's streaming somewhere. Um, from from Platium, a.k.a. my uh, Matt Mason, a.k.a. my podcast partner in crime. If we're talking way back, it's hard to beat Mr. Ed. Looking through the 80s, though, there's only one series I went out and bought the DVDs to enjoy before the era of streaming, and that's The Greatest American Hero. <laughs> Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I know about that Believe show. Believe it or not, 
but George is not home. <laughs> um, a goofy high school teacher gets a suit from an alien that basically turns him into Superman, but he immediately loses the instruction manual. So the whole show is him trying to fight crime with his cop friend while being a teacher and uh, a bumbling hero at night. It's got a banger theme song, too. I didn't pre-read this, so that's hilarious. Um, and one I'd always sit through for almost the full two minutes. Yeah, I miss TV show theme songs. Should that be our next question of the week? What's your favorite sitcom I've been listening song? to a lot of 70s and, and yacht rock music lately, so I've been hearing that song a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Budai, cheers where everybody knows your name. Uh, from Squiggy Leo, a.k.a. Pascal, um, I was far more heavily into sketch comedy in the mid to late 90s, but I also spent some time on Nick at Night during the early 90s, so I'll give some nods to Green Acres and Get Smart, but both good ones. Um, from Strawberry Eggs, a.k.a. Cassandra, it's been a good many years since I've seen an episode, but my favorite sitcom is Three's Company. I love how wacky it is. Uh, one with another banger theme song, though I couldn't tell you the uh, how it goes. Um, and then from the anime man, I watched a lot of sitcoms, but my absolute favorite was Wings. See, it's hard for me to pick because, like I said, right now we're doing a rewatch of Frasier, and that's been cracking me up still. Um, we watched one of my favorite episodes last weekend. Um, where one of the segments is called a Valentine for Niles. And he basically goes to the Mr. Bean school of acting to where the entire sequence is uh, acted wordlessly. And it's him getting ready for a date in Frazier's apartment. And he's trying to iron a, uh, iron a pair of pants and things just go absolutely terrible from there. Uh, couch gets lit on fire at one point. He, he passes out from looking at his own blood. Um, look it up on YouTube. It's it's. I I think that whole sequence is the funniest thing ever put to a sitcom, and you can definitely tell he studied Mr. Bean to do that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know if we have a good idea for the, the next week's question of the week. I, I don't think we want to go back to the sitcom. Well, <laughs> no. Uh. How about do you like to explore an open world games? Ooh, okay. Um, how, how much do you like to explore? Do you think it's padding? Um, let us know. Uh, you can leave a message on the show thread on rpgamer.com and we will read your answers next week. Um, you don't get that many comments, so that's a pretty good chance that your answer will be read, but still make it good, please. Um and I, we got a chunk of news because we were out for two weeks. So, uh, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> are you gonna Are you gonna say hello, Kelly? Hello. Uh, you You sound like Gizmo. Hello. Are, are you meowing like a cat? Hello. Hello. Hi, um, I have a lot of news for you. Um, Schwan Yon Sword, The Fate of Firmament is getting a PS5 physical release. Um, the pre-orders are going to go live on Play Asia later this week. Um, this is another one of those uh, China, Chinese history and mythology games. Um, pre-orders are available now. Pre-order um, now. 
yeah, we've done quite a few reviews on the Shuanyan Sword games. Um, I don't know which one in the series this is. Though. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> Go check our reviews. Um, one Phoenix Down has been announced. That uh, this is the first game from solo developer Regal Craft Games, and it's inspired heavily by SNES era classics, uh, featuring three difficulty levels: um, Elemental Magics, Martial Arts, and uh, learning the abilities of monsters. Looks kind of cool. So I find it weird that they named they named their game after the misspelling of Phoenix Down from Final Fantasy III. Well, I think they have less trademark issues that way. True. True. Um, no or they just thought it was funny. You know, either way. Yeah, that too. Um, so what? How's it going to work? Um, when is it coming out? Twenty twenty five. Okay, so I don't need to wish yeah. this this, that, this yet. Yeah, we'll probably have more details coming later that. Looks like so an RPG were, maker sort of thing. Yeah, I I couldn't tell. I mean, it looked RPG maker, but these days RPG maker games look kind of decent, so it's hard to tell. But um, any, anyway, uh, we had a Nintendo Direct slash Partner Showcase last a uh, couple of weeks ago, and a bunch of RPG news. And Chris, you now no longer have an excuse because Monster Uh-oh. Hunter Stories uh, is coming to Switch this. No, I'm, I'm good. I moved on. I Aww. Kelly, why is it coming to Switch? Why isn't it coming to my iPad with controller support? How about that? Um, because the Switch is the hottest game system, and I guess Monster yeah, but my Hunter iPad's Sh- stronger. Um, Monster Hunter Stories Two probably uh did did decent numbers, so they figured that a port would be a good idea. They fixed the battle system in this one. No, probably not. Uh I say fixed, but like, is it really broken? Is it is it better in two? I don't like the battle system in in. Monster Hunter stories. I mean, I thought it was somewhat better, but I liked the battle system in the original, so yeah. I don't know. All right. I did like the story in this one a lot, though. Plus, the, the Rathalos you get in this one is so cute. I wonder if they ever finished the anime for this. I don't think they did. Probably not. Um. So that's that. That's coming this summer. Um. We'll probably have more details when it comes out later. I hope it come. I hope it comes with new amiibo, or at least uses the old ones. Um, we've got generally to- generally with amiibo, Kelly. It's dumb, and they never reuse old ones. True. They just try to sell you new ones, and then forget about it. Well, all the Smash ones are done, so they've got to do something. Mm. I did get my Sora last week, and he's adorable. Um, any, anyway, uh, they announced a sequel to Ender Lilies called Ender Magnolia Bloom in the Mist. Um, this is set to release for Nintendo Switch in 2024. Um, it is set decades after uh, Ender Lilies. And yes, that, that same kind of beautiful vanillaware-inspired art style. Um, and I think we have a story later saying that this game is going into early access. Yeah, it, um, it's I think it starts early access. Uh, I'm kind of combining stories here since we've got a lot to do. Um, it hits early access at the end of March on Steam and will contain the first area of the game. 
and then the full release is going to be available later. So if you're dying to check out that sequel, um, there you go. So we've got that. Oh, yeah, the story that annoyed the crap out of me. (laughs) So Shimagami Tensei 5 is getting a, uh, I don't know what you would call it, a Fez version? Enhanced. Enhanced version. So Mm -hmm. So I guess the exclusivity deal was, must be over with the Switch because they're putting it on PC, PS4, PS5, and Xbox. Uh, they're doing that on June 21st. And then the Switch version is also getting this enhanced version. Um, Can I just buy it as DLC for my Switch copy? Nope. Oh, come on. So um, at the beginning of the game, you're going to be able to select either the original story, which was the Switch version called the Canon of Creation, or a new story called Canon of Vengeance, Canon of Vengeance, um, with new demons and new, new dungeons and a is new it map. Like some? Is it a sequel? Is it a side story? Is it, it a retelling of the whole thing? I don't, I'm confused. It is just. From what I'm understanding, it is just like when Persona 3 came out with the FES version where you had the the question and the answer. Oh, okay. Well, the answer is a separate game that came with FES, technically, um, and it's a sequel, um, whereas FES was also enhanced in and of itself, and they enhanced the original story path. But anyway, okay. So it's its own yeah. story to play probably after you do canon of creation i assume i i guess but um, who knows the, and the game's gonna have other improvements like um okay up, upgrades with the game's combat demon experiences and field exploration oh, um, you're gonna be able i'm to annoyed save. because i'm gonna buy this kelly chris i already pre-ordered it and i hate myself for it i haven't played smt5 yet i still want to and so i'm gonna get this and play this version I am hoping that the second story, the canon of vengeance story, is more akin to what SMT five story was supposed to be. Uh, what does we, that we mean? Talked about, we talked about this at length on Backtrack recently. Oh, okay. They, um, because they were rushing this game out, they had oh. to cut a lot of story stuff. And that's why the story makes absolutely no sense and just kind of jumps around and has no focus. Hmm. Um, Cerberus was supposed to have more of a role. Um, a lot of the characters on the box art of the original game were supposed to be more involved. And the story was just a mess in this game. And that's ultimately why I ended up not liking it because I, you know, I just played SMT three and even though the story isn't, it's kind of all over the place in that one, at least it makes sense. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. The, the only reason why I pre-ordered it is because Amazon had it on sale for like 10 bucks off MSRP. And I, I, I originally used to not like Nocturne, and I came around on that one. So maybe I'll come around on this one. I don't know. Um, it's like I'm, I'm glad that they're taking a second look at it and attempting to fix some of the problems that the original had. But I think if they would have let the original – not rush the original out, they wouldn't have these problems. And I, I don't know if I'm coming up as coming off as being bitchy or not being being mad that they are having to fix it. 
but at, at the same time, I've been kind of disappointed with the S&T series for a couple of years now. So that I know that that's a me problem. I'm going to give this new version a fair chance, and we'll see where I go from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they'll they'll turn around and do an enhanced version of Soul Hackers too, and then I'll really get upset. And then an enhanced version of our next story. Uh, Unicorn Overlord. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. The, the, so the demo is out now. The game comes out on the eighth, which is uh, next Friday. Mm-hmm. Your progress carries over into the demo. I played a little bit of the demo, but I um, couldn't really get into it. But I do have this game pre-ordered be- mainly because I wanted the card game that came with it, and plus it's it's Vanillaware. Um, Vanillaware has yet to disappoint me. So um, there you go. The same game is set to release worldwide on March eighth for PS4, five Xbox. And Nintendo Switch. So, are you going to play this, Chris? Thinking about it. Um, I know Anna was curious about it. Um, from from what little little I played of the demo, it kind of gives me Ogre Battle vibes. I just keep looking for the unicorns, and I haven't seen any. Are you actually an <laughs> overlord of unicorns? Because, like, Unicorn Overlord means you have an army of unicorns that you command. But there's no unicorns. No armies of unicorns. This is false Um, advertising. To be honest, the beginning of the game sort of explained it a little bit. But I can't remember. (laughs) Okay. Well, whatever. Yeah. So I should just play the demo and then be like, oh, I don't have time for this right now. Um, so a ranger, a role play, a role puzzling adventure has been announced, and so, so a ranger, you know as in one who puts things in order. Yeah, it's a puzzle a, thing. Okay, not a space ranger. Okay, or a space ranger, aka Buzz Lightyear. That, that's a terrible joke. Mm-hmm. So. You know how in mystery dungeon games, um, when you move, the enemies move. Mm-hmm. This it's like that, but instead of your character moving, it's the floor moving. <laughs> and they announced this on the the partner direct, and it looks kind of neat. Well, I don't see the enemies moving. You don't? No, I don't think the enemies move. I think it's you just moving the floor around oh. and influencing okay, everything. There you go. If you move an enemy by moving the floor, it's on. Maybe they move. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that makes more sense. I'm sorry. It's been a while since I've seen this trailer. Oh, there's a kitty cat. Mm. Well, this is going to go on my wish list. <laughs> Game has a cat in it. <laughs> um, when is this set to come out? Does the story not say? I'm pretty sure the Nintendo Direct might have said something, but could be missed. Oh, summer 2024. So we don't have an official release date yet. But it looks cool, and the art style is pretty. It's by the same people oh, that so, did Raid. So it's a puzzle, not platformer, with a unique art style. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, mm-hmm. roguelike with a unique art style. Do, oh, great. We're combining the genres. Gosh darn it. It's a puzzle roguelike with a unique art style. That's what I need now. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, long, so- long old joke about puzzle platforms with unique art style. And I feel yeah, like well, that, now it's that, now it's evolving. That that was the thing in 
the 2010s. Yeah, with Braid. And now the artist has come back to haunt me with a new <laughs> entry. Well, with Braid and Fez and Cuphead and... Uh, it was like a glut of them. It was a lifetime ago, Kelly. When did yeah. Braid come out? 2008, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, wow, I didn't realize that game was that old. Um, so, Furryu uh, unveiled R- Renatus? Is that how sure. you say it? Sure, Renatus? Renatis? Um, it's an action RPG set in modern Tokyo that combines reality with magic and has um, two pro- protagonists fighting for competing desires. Is one desiring reality and one desiring magic? Um, Probably not. From the... <laughs> One character is a magician who has obtained unconstrained power and yearns for freedom, while the other character is an overseer of magicians and desires order. So, yeah, one desires power. I'm just seeing two people who don't fit into the world they're walking around in. And I'm like, oh, is this Kingdom Hearts? Um, I don't know. Yeah, um, it looks kind of (laughs) cool. cracks me up at west uh the first story is a western release date it hasn't been announced and then the very next story nis america bringing bringing renitis west when um we don't know do, do, fall, fall 2024 okay and the platforms are playstation 4 and 5 and nintendo switch so no xbox cool and it looks like a combination of well the game takes place in uh shibuya and the game has a realistic recreation of Shibuya. Oh, I was going to say, uh, is that where um, World Ends With You takes place? Because I'm getting yeah. a lot of World Ends With You vibes from this, too. <laughs> Isn't Kamurocho also supposed to be Shibuya? Or am I, I don't know. Thinking... I think it's based off a different place. Kagu okay. something. It's based but, on um, Kabukicho, which uh, is in Shinjuku. Okay, that's what I thought. Which is not Shibuya. Yeah. And then we've got a game called Sea Fantasy that was announced. Oh, is it a pirate Uh, game? A pixel art open world action RPG following two young men who uh, set out to fish for for the sea which is the marine life of their world. Okay. Um, I guess fishing these uh, sea Diaz's um, will give you materials needed to craft better items. And you're also going to have ship navigation and dungeon exploration. Um, this is set to release February 2025 for uh, the PC. Basically just a fishing RPG. Okay. Legend of the River King 2. Yeah. So you can look Kelly. forward to... Yes. They announced a new Pokemon game. With with no freaking gameplay, and yeah. it's not even set to release until 2025, and has sparked rumors that it's very delayed because uh, of the announcement of the new Switch. Well, that's good, though, because one thing we've learned is uh, the Switch is not powerful enough from the poorly op- for the poorly optimized games the Pokemon Company wants to put out. Yeah, so this is Pokemon Legends ZA. <laughs> not a to z z to a but why is it z to a because it follows in the footsteps of x and y yeah so it, it took like what 10 years 
but we're finally getting Pokemon Z. Yeah. So which region is this? Sinnoh? Kalos. Kalos? Kalos. Yeah. All right. Um, So what little details they've But it's a Pokemon Legends game. So it's not a new Pokemon set in Kalos. It's Pokemon Legends, which means it might be like Arceus, but they also call it like a building game. So it might be like a town builder. Or maybe it's a Pokemon Legends town builder. So like maybe there's a big area in the Lumio City for you to build in and catch Pokemon. We don't know. We know nothing. (laughs) If this is their answer to Pal World, I will be so happy. It won't be an answer to Pal World. Pal World hasn't existed long enough for them to develop a game in answer to it. I don't don't know, Chris. What, What do you think? I mean, I mean, I know, it takes years to make a game like this. So no, they don't re they didn't, they had no interest in making a pal world. Pal world comes out, hits hard. Like people like it. If they decide they want to make a game like pal world two to three years from now, we'll have a game like pal. World. You don't get it the next in three months. <laughs> Unless they were working on kind of the crafting and building. Well, Then stuff. it has nothing to do with pal world then. Because no, they were already working on it. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, Pal World is exactly what has scratched that itch because I like uh, the kind of town building stuff that you do with it. You know, you know, setting your Pokemon to mine or build or what have you. And the, the, the premise of this is um, you're returning to Kalos where Lumineos facility is city is undergoing an urban redevelopment plan intended to shape the city into the place that belongs to both people and pokemon undergoing an urban redevelopment plan does that mean that you're building and teaching catching pokemon to build maybe i mean obviously we're not going to know anything until nintendo says more and i'm hoping that their time working on this is um, they're going to take the time to like properly flesh this game out and make sure that it runs okay and functions and stuff. Because even though I like Scarlet and Violet, it needed more time in the oven. So we'll see. We'll, we'll keep an air out for it and um, let you guys know. that uh, <laughs> There's also a mobile version of the uh, – Pokemon trading card game. It's supposed to be like Marvel Snap. So it's so there's already like a mobile app for that game for like tablet, yeah. um, like the real trading card game that's like free and you can get free packs and like play it already. So this one is kind of like that, but separate <laughs> for reasons I don't understand. <laughs> it's it's like it's not it's the trading card game, but it's simplified, right? So it has a simplified yeah. rule set. It's made to be like we're not burdened by the other history of Pokemon trading cards and we don't have to worry about syncing with the real life game like the the current app is like one to one the cards from real life exist in the game and whatnot. Um this one will be less than that. It's digital only and every day you get two packs for free. Which is oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then, of um, course, you can spend a bunch of money on packs, which is what they want you to do. And it's like, oh, not so cool. But all right. I, I haven't downloaded it yet. I, it's not even I out just, yet. Oh, it isn't? I no. thought it was because I thought I read that it was supposed to be like Marvel Snap. Never mind. Never mind. Um, also, not out They announced yet is, it's coming. 
Um, also, not, not, not yet, but has a Kickstarter campaign that has begun is Godshard Chronicles. Your wife uh, backed this. She did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. She didn't tell me. Uh, <laughs> so what's what's what did she? What are we backing? <laughs> tell me about what my money's going to. What her money's going to? It is a fantasy pixel art action RPG with two player co co op and development for PC and consoles. All right, that sounds good so far. We know anything else? Um, they have thirty five thousand dollars of their uh fifty thousand. Go- did I say that right? Thirty five thousand of their fifty thousand goal and have thirty one days to. Um, let's see. Um, pledging $25 will get you a copy of the game. What is the high end? For $1,500, you get to design a quest. Oh, boy. And you get everything from the collector's edition. And your name will appear in the credits. All right. And then there's a bunch of stretch goals. Oh, it looks like they commissioned a theme song from, um... Iwadare, who does music for, known for doing music for uh, Lunar. Ah, cool. Yeah, and it it lists its inspirations as Zelda, Lunar, and Secret of Mana. So, game looks kind of cool. We'll probably have more information about it um, soonish. I don't think we have any kind of release date or anything yet. Oh, and it looks like it has a border collie doggo. So there you go. Um, Nexon announces Vindictus defying fate. Um, what is this about? It, it it is set in the same world as the Vindictus MMORPG um, with the public pre-alpha coming. I didn't know that. Let that me guess. It, uh, is this a uh, Souls-like? Yeah, don't worry about Vindictus. It's probably, yeah. Not for you. <laughs> Probably not for any of us. <laughs> yeah, it the the story doesn't really say. Um, this trailer is just a lady fighting a werewolf, multiple werewolves, lots of werewolves. werewolves. Lady hates werewolves. Well, werewolves do eat things. So do he. So does the lady. Yeah, but werewolves are mean about it. Are they? This this werewolf looks like Red Thirteen, sort of. Yeah, I can't. Oh, yeah, I guess it kind of does. Got kind of that red fur thing going on. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's got two eyes, though. You can see both eyes. So, never mind. Doesn't count. Which reminds me, Chris, people in uh, Rebirth keep referring to Red as a dog. Mm, I'm sorry. And I have issues. Uh huh. He, he, He is feline, and I will die on that hill. What if they refer to him as a cat in the third game? Then it'll just be confusing. <laughs> It'd be like we're still we're not pay- taking a side. We'll just devote each game to calling him one or the other. <laughs> but there is a hilarious scene where an NPC tries to pet him. Uh oh! And he starts growling, and then the NPC's like, "But I have a I have a treat for you, boy!" And p- pulls out this big haunch of meat, and then he gets all happy. He does. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. All right. He he doesn't mind being treated like a dog as long as there's treats. Just like a real dog. <laughs> or or cat. I don't know. My cats, um, they mind being treated like cats. They think they're little 
princes and princesses. All right. Anyway. Uh, oh, so Vindictus, Define Fate. All we know is it's coming. <laughs> Beyond that, I don't know. It's an action RPG. And yeah, lots of werewolves. I don't know what else is going on here. Werewolves. Um, so, so that is all the regular news. Now we've got a bunch of new release dates, and I'm just going to try to quickly go through those. Um, and. You know, Tria, the last song release date has been announced. This comes out on uh, March 21st, um, and it's going to be available for PS5. Oh, wait, no, it's on the Epic Game Store. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I but also PS5 and Xbox Series. Yeah, and I misread the release date. Um, it's going to be showcased on March 21st. The game is going to release on June 21st. Okay. And this is a fantasy world inspired by Italian folklore. So this doesn't tell me anything. This trailer is just like, yep, it's less informative than the werewolf trailer. Goodness. All right. Stuff's been coming out with a lot of uh, uninformative trailers lately. Anyway, um, do you care about Dragon Ball Z Kakarot? Sure. Why not? Because. The sixth DLC has come out for it. All right. uh, Where you can participate in a brand new world tournament. A Tenkaichi Budokai? I guess. um, It includes Pan as a playable character, and I have no idea who that is. Um, I think it's Goku's youngest daughter. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. And also a newcomer who's named Oob. And I don't know Hold on, I'm, I need to watch Vegeta backhand this guy multiple times. Yeah. Yep. Satisfying. <laughs> it's so satisfying. Yeah, because that, that dude does look kind of like a douche. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> So, so yeah, you can enjoy. And you know how this is going to go. The little kid is going to win the tournament because she's stronger than like everybody except maybe Vegeta and Goku won't enter. Right. (laughs) See, I I never understood how that worked. That diluting Saiyan blood makes it stronger. Because the, the idea is when my, my take on the Saiyan thing is um, becoming weak makes you overcome the weakness and get stronger. So like being beaten within an inch of your life makes you come back stronger. Right. So, uh-huh. what if you're permanently weak by being combined with weak DNA? The Saiyan blood will just go stronger, harder and harder and harder to overcome it. Oh, like like that myth that if you cut your hair, it'll grow back thicker? Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Well, either way, you can, you can enjoy more um, DBZ DLC. That's hard to say fast. DBZ DLC, DBZ DLC. <laughs> Um, so you know, I used to think saying things three times fast meant you need to say it faster each time of those three times. And then later I realized, no, that was never intended. It's just saying it feet three times quickly. You'll stumble within the second or third time. So there you go. Yeah, that, yeah that's why it's funny. Yeah. Chris, try, try to say purple burglar alarm three times fast. All right. Purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. Purple burglar alarm. Okay, you're 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 better than your average uh, Scotsman. What what am I? What what does it turn into? Was it something safe I, for Twitch? 
know it purple burger there's alarm a, purple burger there, there's, alarm <laughs> there's a, a video of a scotsman trying to say say it three times and with his accent he the poor guy sounds drunk oh. when he tries to say it and it's something that vaughn and i endlessly crack up on okay and and when we when one of us stumbles on something, it's, we call it a purple burglar alarm moment. <laughs> anyway, uh, Fantasy Life, the girl who steals time out on October 10th. Fantasy so Life, ha- I. Oh, Fantasy Life, I, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, I am happy that this is waiting until the end of the year to release because it'll probably take me until December to finish it because that's how long it took me to get through the original Fantasy Life. I don't know if I'm going to do another one. The lack of an end game in that game meant it was a bunch of grinding and preparation to do nothing. Yeah, and there was no uh, final boss either. Um, We did a backtrack on Fantasy Life recently that you can listen to um, because it was a favorite DS game of mine and Matt's and Cassandra's. So... uh, you can check that out if you're curious about the series, but I can't wait for this one. And and it's level five, and I love everything level five does. So you've got that. Um, Kingdom Come Deliverance is uh, coming to Switch. I can't. Chris, did you play this? Nope. I'm I don't confusing- know anything about the Kingdom Come series. Okay, I'm confusing it with another game then. The the game where you that encourages yeah it's not no it's not that one okay well it's coming out on March fifteenth um let's see how does our story describe it a historical action RPG so think Skyrim in the past (laughs) I guess I don't know not enough dragons well it's historical so no dragons that's what historical means. No, I, I need dragons in my medieval fantasy. Historical or not, invent dragons. Sorry. Um, but, but yeah, you can look forward to that in March. Uh, Stone Realm's full release date has been announced on March 18th. Um, what is Stone Realm about? It looks Baldur's Gate? I'm, no I'm watching the video trying to understand... Uh, it is a turn-based RPG. Uh, it'll be out for PC, Mac, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and Switch. And uh, you can take control of up to six players in single-player and online co-op. And you go through a procedure-generated high fantasy world trying to get loot. So, bleh. So, loot RPG, turn-based, and that's all I know. You don't yep. usually see loot-based games be turn-based. So, other than, I guess, Baldur's Gate, you're right. Yeah. But is that really a loot-based game? But at least no, it has it. not really. I wouldn't call that one that. But it's procedurally but. generated, so I don't expect much from a story there. And I don't know where we're going to go. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Um, Goblin Stone is releasing next month, specifically on March 12th. Okay. This this is about goblins being oppressed. 
Yeah, goblins are on the verge of extinction by adventurers hunting them down for loot and experience points. So I guess an anti-RPG. Oh, so lemmings oh. with goblins? Oh, but it's an RPG. You must, you must assemble a group of these creatures and ba- battle um, other fantasy creatures through a procedurally generated adventure. So Okay, so it looks like a roguelite darkest dungeon card-based game with goblins and uh also has fallout shelter base building in it oh okay this could be cool yeah is this already out and just being ported or okay launch on march 12th for pc okay cool this could be neat and then um the the biggest release date news uh elden ring is getting dlc two years later (laughs) yeah finally announced the dlc well finally gave a date for the dlc rather um june 21st 2024 the shadow of the earth tree a lot of stuff happening june 21st kelly that's the third time that dates come up this show um so, so there's multiple versions by the way there's the uh there's a Shadow of the Erdtree Standard Edition, which is just a digital-only copy of the expansion. And then um, Elden Ring Shadow of the Erdtree Edition is a bundle that contains the game and the expansion. That's actually cheap. The DLC is actually cheaper buying it that way than it is um, buying it by itself, because by itself it's like 40 bucks. The bundle is uh, 80 mm-hmm. Um there's a uh, premium digital edition, which has an art book and soundtrack. It's digital. Um, there's a what, what else? Then, then there's that, but that also comes with the base game of Elden Ring. And then there's the collector's edition, exclusive to the the Bandai Namco store. That that's two hundred fifty dollars and comes with a download code for the expansion and a statue of Messimer the Impaler, along with a physical art book and a digital soundtrack. So, so something to go with your Millennia statue, I guess. Um, we we talked about this at length on Backtrack recently. Uh, are you going to get it, Chris? No. No. Probably not. I don't really know. I'm tempted to pick it up on Steam so that I can play it on my Steam Deck, but that might be uh, if the, the whole thing goes on sale. We shall see. Um, I just don't know that I want to do this again, but maybe I do. I don't know. Honestly, I care more about, like, who are all the people showing up in this trailer? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and and also I feel like I would have been more interest more interested in this like a couple of years ago when the game was still new and I still mm-hmm. kind of wanted more. Mhm. Releasing it 2 years later is It's kind of what a we weird want choice. game companies to do, make the DLC after the game, but that's what happens. It takes a while. Yeah, but I want it like Sorry. sooner after Yeah, but, but you but can't the- have it then. They have to make it. I know. Otherwise, they're making the DLC with the game and just monetizing it. Yeah, I'm aware of the irony. It's just, uh, there's a window there where, you know, you're done with the game and you want more. And, well, like, the Pokemon DLC is kind of the perfect pacing for DLC for me. Because that usually releases a half a year later. Yeah, but it's planned from the get-go. Yeah, I guess that's true. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just being picky. And uh, Chaos, I'm pretty sure the Steam Deck can handle uh, Steam this? Deck can play Elden Ring. Uh, I don't know how well, though. I don't want to play it on Steam Deck, so. But... You don't want to play that in bed? No. I want that on my TV with the sound system on, and I want to hear, like, going in the background while I'm being destroyed. But playing uh, with a good set of earbuds is kind of fun, too. That's how I was playing Final Fantasy VII. All right. And, uh, yeah, Chaos, it is uh, Steam Deck compatible, um, at least the base game. Not so much. They don't have that on the... uh, DLC page, but your mileage may vary. Um, According to Emperor Mythos, this is expected to be the biggest DLC they have ever done. So more expansion than normal DLC. They should call it an expansion then. Yeah. All right. Um, What will happen is I will wait for it to come out and approximately one day later I'll probably buy it. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Tell me about Subterrain. Subterrain Minds of Titan. Um, it's supposed to come to PC next month on March 12th via Steam, and it heavily emphasizes the management of resources such yeah. as food and water, oxygen, energy, etc. Okay, so it's like a 2D mining survival RPG thing. Okay. Kind of looks cool. I I like games like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's that. Oh, Chris, your favorite uh, Vita game, Rainbow Moon. I didn't play it. To... I think it's Anna who didn't like it. Oh. Didn't it have just... a sequel? Yeah, Rainbow Skies. The game that both uh, Mike, Mahi- Mike Minky and I put like hundreds of hours into and we're like this game isn't even really that good but we can't stop <laughs> okay. playing it weird so are you well, excited just, for rainbow moon to come back with improvements i'm not sh- i'm not sure because um like i said i put hundreds of hours into rainbow skies on my vita and i remember very distinctly having this on my wish list on my vita and then you <sighs> This, this was when I was a, a listener. You, Chris, saying that the combat in it was very vapid. And I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. I, th- I think I'll skip on this. Oh. But then I hope I, I knew what buying... I was talking about when I said that, and I wasn't just talking out my butt. But then I ended up buying the bundle on uh, Wait, the Vita anyway. I did play this a little. Oh, it's been so long. I don't remember. So I'm not going to try and say it again. Yeah, yeah. well, watch the trailer. And look at a Vita game coming out again. When's it coming out again? Uh, March 15th. On the Switch, a system slightly more powerful than the Vita. Oh, and the the new port, and I think Rainbow Skies is like this too. The new port allows you to adjust elements such as EXP distribution and drop rates. Oh, you can get it in a bundle with Rainbow Skies. There you go. Yeah, um, for 30 which is, isn't a bad price for that. Though, the PS4 version goes on sale for like 5 bucks all the time. Ah, okay. But I guess it's the difference between, you know, wanting to play it portably or not. Because I played the majority of Rainbow Skies on my Vita. So, yeah. yeah I, it was one of those games that I didn't love, but something was 
there that was addicted enough that I did end up putting a lot of time in it. If that makes any sense. The the video game equivalent of something Vaughn and I do where we eat something and say this sucks and then continue to eat it. Called the uh these nuggets. What do you suck. do in these games? What do you, what's so addictive about it? The combat. The combat. Okay. It's ta- it's kind of Final Fantasy Tactics esque combat with um, monster taming elements and lots of exploration. Okay. And then we've got Inkbound fully releasing in April, um, specifically on Steam on April 10th. This is a roguelike um, where you explore a library and the infinite worlds found within it. Hence, Inkbound. So I guess you go into books? <laughs> I guess. So Steam on April 10th, and it comes with an update, um, a new content update, and full controller support. And uh, the game's story will be finished when this update comes out. Yay. Woohoo. And then finally, uh, Rev- Reverse Collapse Codename Bakery is hitting Steam this month. Um, comes out on March 22nd, and is it's a spinoff to the Girls Frontline series, which I've never heard of. Oh, I guess it's a full name of or a full remake of a game called uh, Codename Bakery Girl. Okay. Yeah, it looks like a tactical RPG, but more anime-inspired. Yeah, yeah, I I have no idea from the trailer what's really going on. It just looks like Flash animations to me. Yeah, I get that vibe, too. Also looks kind of bloody. Looks more like a Tam game than anything. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, that's the last major new release date. Whew. Well, let me tell you about what's coming out soon. Unicorn Overlord, you mentioned already, coming out this week. Woohoo! As well as Berserk Boy. I don't know what Berserk, Berserk Boy is Boy. about. But let's see. Berserk Boy. It's a side-scrolling. Is, um, what is, it looks like a Mega Man. Yeah, that that's very Mega Man. <laughs> are you sure this is an rpg okay as a talking bird companion and all right i don't know what's happening yeah it's a, uh, it's a high-speed action-packed platformer with metroidvania elements says steam so that'll be out this week um it actually might already be out on other platforms so oh no steam on march 6th and uh yeah there you go um all right we also have the thaumaturge which is kind of like um think a uh, story driven rpg kind of like vampire type thing but you know anyway uh check that out that's if you want like a um 20th century early 20th century warsaw setting so it's a euro thing um, we talked about that last week or two weeks ago. Blade Prince Academy coming out this week, which is um, a tactical RPG where you have a squad of blade princes to defend the city of Abjectalia in real time with pause combat. Oh, real time with pause, huh? All right. Um, yeah, this looks this looks kind of neat. And you got a cat in your party, so yeah, it's on your list of considerations, Kelly. 
Yes. Um, we have actually. I, do I have this on my wish list? I wanted to check this out. I remember from the past. Oh, I'm not signed in, so I'll have to check it out later. Uh, Zoria: Age of Shattering also coming out. Squad-based tactical RPG with fluid turn-based combat management, or excuse me, combat outpost and followers management. There we go. Um, ooh. Squad-based action RPG. No, squad-based tactical RPG. So XCOM, but fantasy is what I'm getting the vibe of, which yeah, I can see maybe that. could scratch that same ish, ish as Solaris. Solaris? So the, the D&D turn-based one. Um, I don't know. Uh, I should look at this, too. I should make sure that's on my list. And uh, Crown Wars The Black Prince coming out, which is... A turn-based tactical game on PC. That's a tactics game, <laughs> apparently. Uh, Solasta is the game I was thinking of. Thank you, Chaos. Um, yeah, so yeah, check out these games. Come on, Crown Wars, Zoraria, Blade Prince Academy, Thaumaturge. Um, I, yeah. I think the clear choice for a tactics game is Unicorn Overlord. This oh god, well that's more of a ogre battle. Does that not tactics? I don't know. It's a different strategy. I guess. <sighs> Kelly, I don't like the idea of wanting to play all the games that came out this week. Um, I guess you're just going to have to pick one. I pick all of them. And will play none of them. Yay. <laughs> and it doesn't matter because none of this is going to pull me from Final Fantasy VII. <sighs> I don't like this, Kelly. I actually feel bad that I can't play most of these. I should watch like, someone else play them. Why can't you play them? To- I can't. I, there are too many things. I can't do them all. That's all. <sighs> um, do you want to hear about early access stuff? Yeah. Well, did you want to hear about what we missed the last two weeks that came out? Actually, yes. Uh, oh. All right, Bandletail, a League of Legends story came out. Inculinati, which was the one with all the animals and the people drawing them, and it's a strategy game or turn-based strategy game on taking place in the Middle e- Middle Ages pictures. That's out now. Um, King Arthur Knight's Tale, that's like the the bad ending King Arthur tactical game. Um, Last Epoch, I've talked about stories from the Outbreak turn-based zombie RPG. Tenderfoot Tactics. Tactical RPG. Oh, it doesn't stop, Kelly. Warhammer 40k, Chaos Gate, Damon Hunters, Tactical RPG. <laughs> what is going on? Why are all the tactical games happening? What is happening? Because huh? it's been a while since a real Final Fantasy tactics and people are feeling People void. are thirsty for tactics. Oh, man. And then, uh, what else did we have? We have, um... Everine turn-based pixel art RPG. Everine, so that's a that's a more indie one. We have E V E R I N G. X Astris sci-fi RPG. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. You're playing it already. Pekka Minosa, a Deadly Hand, um, which is a definitive edition release for the noir action RPG. Pekka Minosa. Robin Hood Sherwood Builders action RPG and base building. Oh no, not a base builder too. Oh, oh, is this, uh, is it survivally? Uh, it's not calling to me, but maybe 
Sheer in the Wanderer, the mystery dungeon of Serpent Coil Island, roguelike RPG. Uh, so that's what this is. Sheer in the Wanderer 6. That's the sixth one. Tamarack Trail, dice building roguelike. That's actually already on my wish list. Because check this game out. Like you, you choose what's on your dice, Kelly. You don't choose what's oh, wow. on your deck. You choose what's on your dies. So you, and then you roll them and you get to do things based on what, you know, what the rolls are. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Like, yeah, you get to totally choose like they, and they got the little D six maker and you like choose which things on which face. I think it looks very neat. Are there bad things and good things? Or just... I don't know. I haven't uh-huh. played it. It's 15 bucks. It's on everything. So. Um, I need to pick that up on Steam or something. Um, Witch of Fern Island, which is a sandbox life RPG. And that's it. Whew. So there you go. Way more games that you don't have time to play, Kelly. Yep. Yeah, still not pulling my ass from Final Fantasy. I'm sad <laughs> I'm not playing Inkulinati now. Or Tamarack Trail, this dice RPG. Oh, maybe you need something to pull you from Last Epoch. Do we have... But do I? I haven't even finished that. And I just finished two Yakuza games. It's not like I'm doing other, not doing other games. But Chris, you're not done with 4, 5, and 6 yet. No, it's like, you're right, I'm not. I should get back at it. I've got three more games to go, and then I get to the quote-unquote good games. I don't know how this works. Then I get to play the e- the Like a Dragon game, and then the the Gaiden game, and then the other Like a Dragon game, and oh, also I have to fit the Judgment games in there somewhere. And don't forget the <sighs> Samurai one. No, I'm not playing that one. Oh, I I'm, I've had enough. <laughs> I can't do them all. I just can't do them all. Um, can you do new early access stuff? Sure. What else is new? Um, I already talked about this. Uh, Ender Magnolia Bloom in the uh, Mist is hitting Steam in March, um, specific, specifically on March 25th. Um, it is the uh, first part of the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is the sequel to Ender Lilies. So if you're if you're dying for a sequel to Ender Lilies, you can check this out. Okay. And then we've got Greedfall 2, um, The Dying World, coming to Steam Early Access this summer. I forgot. What was Greedfall? I don't, in my mind, it's like the sort of game Hairfrog should play. I don't know okay. how true that is. Um, this trailer doesn't show you anything. So, what do I know? It's an action RPG. Yeah, and it's coming to Early Access this summer. Um, you use diplomacy, cunning, and combat to achieve your goals. So there you go. Emperor Mythos says it's a colonist theme RPG, which still doesn't help me that much. But all right, like which sort of colonists? Like we're settling an uninhabited island, or we're coming and displacing the native population? I I think um, probably the latter, right? No, uh, I was reading that. You're a, a native trying to Oh, to the stop the colonists. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So um, we, we've got new editorials from our staff, too. Cool. What are they? 
Um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth from Paul Scarelli. I don't need to quit the Sykes. He gave it a five out of five. All right. Five out of five? It's been a while. Um, more games than Mario Party. Gorgeous music and graphics. Queen's Blood is the best. Uh, dynamic and intuitive combat and an engrossing emotional storyline. Those are the positives. Um, the negatives, world intel missions can start to grate. I agree with that. And dialogue is poorly mixed in some scenes. I definitely agree with that. No oh, more games I need to play, Kelly. I can't handle this. And see, you can't play Rebirth until you play Remake. Otherwise, you're going to be lost. And Crisis Core's Remake, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you, Chris. I'm making progress oh. on Yakuza, at least. True. And we've also got a review from Michael Apps for Sheeran the Wanderer and the Mystery Dungeon of Super Coil Island. Yeah, that's the Sheeran 6 we talked about. Yep. Four out of five. He loves he yeah, loves Sheeran I'm, games. I'm I'm not tempted at all by this, so I'm good. But if you're a Sheeran uh, fan, am, it sounds like you should pick this up. I am, but I like Mystery Dungeon type games i I was Mm -hmm. hoping that there would be a new pokemon one but my expectations were dashed um he says this one has a great art style with a consistent level of variety uh challenging and rewarding gameplay and a constant stream of unblocks and encyclopedias to help the players succeed um negatives are you can't start new runs while waiting for a rescue early runs feel punishing and a mostly unremarkable story so there you go. We've got uh, Ocean Horn. Ocean Horn. The- Wait, that's not how it goes. Monster of the Uncharted Seas review by Pascal Takaya. Is this the he first one this- or the second one I or a, f- a new second one. one? Second one. Okay. Um, he gave it a three out of five, saying that it manages to capture some of that old Zelda charm. Uh, the world is brought to life through vibrant visuals, and the soundtrack boasts some impressive contributors. Um, Negatives are that the game flow, game flow feels more haphazard than designed, the combat lacks grace and precision, and the dungeons would have benefited from stronger theming. So that That's that. Um, we've also got a uh, Star Ocean retrospective that you can read about. Um, this was put together by Sam, Sam Walker, and contributed from several staff members. And it, yeah, it goes through pretty much all... Of the Star Ocean games. Which, surprisingly, there isn't that many of them. You've got uh, First Departure, Second Story, um, Blue Sphere, which is the Game Boy Color one that I think just has a fan translation. And then Till the End of Time, Last Hope, Integrity and Faithlessness, and the Divine Force. Cool. So there you go. What about and Adventure then, uh, Quarter? <laughs> uh, um, our first Adventure Quarter is Radiant Tale from Sam. Uh, I kept seeing this one on the eShop and thinking that it was uh, RPG. So what's Radiant Tale about? Um, oh, it's, it's about an a magical Atome. circus. Yeah. A magical circus, which could be a neat little concept. Is Atome the one where guy dates girls or girl dates guys? I honestly cannot remember. An Atome game is a story-based video game that is targeted towards women. So, I guess 
who they date is not necessarily specific, It's but it's targeted towards women. Vaughn says, Otome is girl dates guys. All right, then. And then there's um, Outer Wilds from Ryan Costa. What was it? Yep. And this was the one I kept getting confused with Outer Worlds. Yeah, they're very different games. This has been very highly praised by, like, everybody. Um, it's on my list of feel guilty that you haven't played this yet. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, you're caught in a time loop sort of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I might want to check this one out because I like, like time It's one loop. of those things where, like, the more you learn and figure out the puzzle, you can do things that you had no idea you could have done the first time you played through the loops. Yeah. Um, I didn't really talk about it because I... I blew through it so fast, but um, between between games, I I booted up Tunic. And oh, played, okay. Played through that pretty quick, and that kind of has that same vibe. Nice of doing things over and over again. Mm-hmm. And that game was really good. So I'm I'm kind of in that time loop mindset right now. So I might have to put Outer Wilds on my wish list. But um, I believe that was everything. Yeah, that, that was pretty much all the editorials. How many games did we just identify in this show that are worth playing that I'm now going to forget about forever? I don't know. That's why I, I keep it. a wish list. I hate it. Used to be there was only a handful of good games coming out, and now there's just so many. You can't play them all. You can't even figure out which ones you want to play out of all of them. And you end up just picking games and hoping you hit something worthwhile. It's too much. Yeah, no, I know. I was into RPGs before they were cool. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. That's it. We're at the end of the show. Okay, well, escaping from existential dread for a bit, I will tell you, thank you very much for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed last week's Game of the Year show. I hope you enjoyed the most recent RPG backtrack. Um. Kelly, you guys are killing that every couple weeks with, uh, with, uh, I miss the skits, Kelly. I'm going to be honest. I know. Um, I mean, I've been trying to think of ones. It's just, I, I like the jokes a little bit better because everybody kind of participates and everybody gets to kind of contribute to the j- jokes and I'm not losing sleep trying to think of something funny for two weeks. That's true. That's fair. Sorry. It's all right. Uh, I hope you found something interesting to play in listening to the show this week. And if not, um, just default to Final Fantasy VII Remake, probably a Rebirth. But And our our question of the week this week has to do with uh, Rebirth. Um, Ooh, what is it? How, how, do you, how do you play open world games? Do you explore everywhere? Do you uh, just go from objective to objective because you don't care? We want to know. This, I, this is kind of a broad question, but mm-hmm. I, I'm honestly curious because uh, because I'm like every single corner of the map has to be uncovered. I I'm tempted to do everything, and then eventually I say this is not worth my time anymore, and I give up. And then I feel bad for what I didn't do, and then I come up with some arbitrary justification of like this is the line I'm drawing, and I'm doing no further. And then I the line must be drawn here. No feather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you saw where I was going. Uh, so that's uh, yeah, that that's that's my take. 
But yeah, you write in and tell us by going to rpgamer.com, find the show thread, and leave it right there as a comment, and we'll read it on the show next week. And uh, subscribe, rate us on your favorite uh, podcast store, and uh, yeah, enjoy the site, enjoy the Twitch, enjoy the podcasts. I hope you have fun with uh, RP Gamer, and let us know if there's other stuff, cool stuff we can do for you by joining our Discord and telling us there. Um, So yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, right here at twitch.tv slash rpgamer or your favorite podcast download software. And until then, goodbye. Bye-bye.